Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. At V8 Supercar headquarters, they're falling like stones. And it's not because of the swine flu. Those two decisions were decisions made by the individuals themselves and, um, you know, we wish them uh, both all the best. We look at the resignations and the swine flu repercussions. To make sure that we don't uh, contract it, because as soon as we do, obviously, like everyone else, we become quarantined and uh, can't do too much else. On this week's edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. First up, we go to V8 Supercars headquarters and catch up with Cole Hitchcock. As today, it was announced that Cameron Levick, the V8 Supercar CEO, would be stepping down from his position. Cole, it seemed like only a day ago we were speaking about Campbell Little, and now it's the CEO who has decided to call it quits. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, Cameron, um, Cameron's got a, a young family and... Uh, you know, he's decided that uh, the demands of the job of a CEO um, and the, the, the travel involved and, uh, you know, not, not just to and from events, but certainly to lots of interstate meetings and uh, things like that, that, uh, um, you know, he wanted to uh, to do something a bit closer to home. And um, so, yeah, he's uh, he's resigned. But, uh, you know, the business um, is still in good shape. There's, there's no troubles. Tony Cochran, uh, the chairman, is going to move into the... Uh, uh, executive chairman role, uh, role which in fact he's actually played in the past. Um, so you know the the you know whilst a, a replacement uh, for Cameron is found. So you know it's business as usual. So it's still got uh, all of our great professionals um, on board, and uh, you know it's a it's a minor you know it's a hiccup along the way, I guess, but n- nothing that uh, you know will have too much of an adverse effect. Now that was one of the agenda items that the board had to deal with this week. Is there anything else? of notable importance coming from that meeting that you can tell us about? Yeah, we uh, we understand that they've decided on the uh, the four wildcard entries for Phillip Island and Bathurst. We had uh, half a dozen or so uh, expressions of interest from, from various parties uh, wanting to uh, to add to the grid uh, at those two events. Um, we've got a few formalities to work through with those uh, and then we'll be making those announcements uh, in the coming days, uh, and uh, the board's also appointed a second independent director um, to join Roger Cook, who we haven't uh, named as yet, but uh, but uh, probably within the next 24 hours uh, we'll make that announcement as well. So they're probably two of the most significant things that uh, that came out of uh, Wednesday's, you know, usually scheduled uh, board meeting. Mm. Now, of course, uh, with swine flu gripping the nation, the Broncos up your way already confirming in the last few hours that Carmichael Hunt has got H1N1, and uh, they are saying that this Friday they're going to struggle to field a team. It's obviously a concern for anyone that's doing interstate travel, and when half your teams come out of Melbourne, it's it's now a, a major concern, I guess, for anyone that's promoting events. 
Yeah, look, I think it's a, it's a situation of don't panic. We're providing uh, our teams with uh, with all of the top level advice that's been coordinated by our doctor, uh, Dr. Carl Lee, um, who's spoken to all the uh, relevant uh, health authorities, and they assure us that um, you know there's no risk uh, um, or no high risk um, to any of our activities uh, at this stage uh, to take a sensible and a cautious approach, which we had already begun doing. Um, we did in Tasmania um, by supplying um, hand washing materials and, and things like that and, uh, and information to teams um, when we were in Tasmania. We'll continue to do that. We'll continue to monitor the situation. Uh, and as I say, Dr. Dr. Lee is, uh, is fully uh, in contact with the relevant, um, the relevant health authorities about the, the, uh, the swine flu uh, problem. Um, and at this stage, they're, uh, they're just telling us to, uh, to stay calm, look out for the signs, um, and the symptoms, and then follow the instructions or their instructions from there. So that's the advice we're giving to the teams. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, you can only uh, be as vigilant as you possibly can be. Uh, you're never going to be certain that you're going to prevent an outbreak or otherwise, but certainly we're, uh, we're following their advice and uh, following all of, the, all of the things that they've suggested we do when, uh, as you say, we do move large groups of, uh, of people around the country on a regular basis. A lot of those uh, out of Melbourne and, and, of course, a lot of those out of uh, Brisbane and the Gold Coast. Um, that's where uh, basically half and half of our teams are based. So we're, uh, we're prepared and we've got uh, measures in place. Well, Cole, it's good to speak to you, although I hope I'm not speaking to you on Friday talking about another resignation up there at the Gold Coast. Oh, look, you know, uh, I'm sure that won't be the case, Craig. As I said, uh, you know, those two... Uh, Two decisions were decisions made by the individuals themselves, and um, you know we wish them uh, both all the best in in the future. And uh, you know it's uh, like any business, you, uh, you these things happen, and and uh, you know if you uh, if you keep um, looking back, you get a sore neck. So we're all about um, building the business and growing the sport and continuing to do so. We've got a um, an absolutely fantastic race coming up. Uh, um, firstly in Darwin, of course, which is always a fantastic race, but then uh, Townsville, the Dunlop Townsville 400, which is just shaping up to be an absolute, un, you know, an incredible, you know, three days of racing and, you know, a, a week-long celebration in Townsville. Um, you know, then we, uh, we resume normal duties and, uh, of course, at the end of the year, we uh, finish off with the uh, Sydney Telstra 500, which, um, you know, again, um, you know, we're working very, very heavily uh, towards that uh, that end goal and making sure that that's, that that Sydney Telstra 500 is, you know, the absolute uh, cream on cream on the crop of this season. Mm. Carl, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Uh, look after yourself, and hopefully we will have a incident-free run to Hidden Valley. Yeah, I'll try not to cough too much, Craig, if you're around me, mate. My thanks to Cole Hitchcock. We'll play plenty more from Cole in the rest of this bulletin. Well, back to Friday now, and it was Campbell Little, the V8 Supercar Technical Director, who submitted his resignation to the aforementioned Cameron Levick due to the controversy surrounding the 888 splitters. But does this mean that V8 Supercars cannot use experienced people from inside the sport if every decision they make is under such scrutiny of being biased towards their former employer? Oh, look, you know, I think every uh, every situation is isolated and, and different. Um, you know, once again, uh, this is a, a decision that Campbell's taken for a number of reasons um, that, that only he can, uh, you know, he could uh, talk about. Um, so, not, not not necessarily. I don't think any of those um, any of those those things are necessarily uh, that you know valid. Um, 
you know, we've got a great championship. We've got a, a great business, a great company, uh, a lot of great people in it. Um, I don't think, uh, you know, Campbell's departure, as sad as it is, um, you know, will lead to any, uh, any great problems um, down the track. Craig Lowndes and Campbell Little went back a long way. What did Lowndes think about the announcement this week that Little was departing? Uh, yeah, it was, it was a shock for me to uh, to hear that. Obviously, uh, um, you know, he hasn't been in the, that job role for that long, and obviously, uh, um, for whatever reasons, he's decided to, to now move on, which is which is a shame because uh, you know he, he brought a lot to our race team in the in the engineering and the technical side, and basically, uh, um, um, basic uh, for him to have then to uh, to go into that job role, which we thought would be uh, uh, would be good for him, you know, knowing that uh, his information and he's uh, I, I suppose he's um, uh, I, this, I guess the uh, really for him to bring the knowledge of, of what he knows to the sport and, and also apply it to that side of the sport, um, dealing with all the teams, all the cars and all the information and, and uh, rules and regulations, well, I thought would have been a great thing. But uh, as I said, I'm not sure and understand why he's now moved on, but he has and he's made that decision. Mm. And of course, uh, on top of that this week, you wouldn't want a job in V8 Supercars. Everyone's leaving. Cameron Levick today resigned. Yeah, I heard that uh, during the day, which I, I didn't believe at first, but uh, obviously it's true. So, uh, again, you know, uh, knowing and dealing with Cameron um, through Vodafone, it, it, uh, his experience also in that job role uh, would have been invaluable. So, uh, again, not knowing and understanding why he's made his decisions yet. But, uh, but yeah, it's a shame, obviously, to have the shake-up so, uh, you know, so close to race weekends. And, and I suppose so early in, in a championship because you'd like to have a bit of consistency throughout uh, the year. The V8 Supercard Board of Appeal met on Tuesday night following Walkinshaw Performance Appeal to the stewards' decision in Simmons Plains that their protest on the 888 Spritters could not be heard because it fell outside the normal lodgement period. The determination of the appeals court was that the appeal be allowed... The time limit for lodging a protest by Walkinshaw Performance dated the 22nd of May 2009 be extended to the 22nd of May 2009. They have directed that CAMS reconvene for the purpose of hearing the protest by Walkinshaw Performance alone. The stewards of the meeting held on the 1st to the 3rd of May 2009 at Winton Motor Raceway or appoint other stewards as may be appointed in accordance with the provisions of the rules that's a ten point one point three point one four also that the appeal fee be refunded to the applicant walkinshaw performance along with the protest fee being reinstated direct that cams give notice of the decision to triple eight race engineering and inform that person that they have the right to be heard at the hearing they also direct that the stewards conduct the hearing promptly. And finally, allowing liberty to the parties and Triple Eight Race Engineering to apply for further orders if necessary. Splittergate continues. Shane Howard and the V8 Supercar events team have been working tirelessly to prepare for the first of the new events on the calendar. It's been an eventful few months, it's been an eventful few days at V8 Supercar Land, but the special events team has grown exponentially over the past few months. Yeah, we've just been putting the team together to deliver six events this year, and uh, we've set up uh, satellite management in uh, Townsville, uh, in Sydney, and also uh, down in Victoria to... uh, assist with the running and management of these uh, these events for V8 Supercar this year. 
Townsville is not far away and Howard says that this event has been the toughest to meet the deadlines. That project is, uh, was obviously uh, on a very, very tight timeline and to deliver that event was, is a very large civil engineering uh, role as well in regard to building the park, the roads, a bridge over Ross Creek and, and a pit complex. And if you look at that, really, uh, latent contractors who were uh, commissioned by the um, Queensland government to deliver that project really didn't start work until February. So to put that together um, in that shorter period of time is an undertaking in itself. Um, but then just the logistics of putting a, uh, you know, such a large event in, uh, in quite a remote location from our head office. So it, uh, it's had its challenges, but um, the response from the public, and I was up there uh, last week, um, is just fantastic. That place has got a real buzz about it. Um, it's going to be an amazing event. The track has had uh, a lot of driver input, um, and they've been in at the, uh, at the grassroots of that. And we had a bit of an open playing field in some areas where we could uh, you know, really sort of look at it and and the design and look at what works and, and, and work in, in regard to the track to create uh, passing opportunities and great uh, viewing, etc., for the public. And that circuit is just going to be one of the great uh, street circuits in this country. Well, as you heard earlier in the bulletin, swine flu has started to affect sporting events based in Victoria and now in Queensland. But in Victoria this week, a GP swim meeting had to be cancelled because being held in Melbourne in a few months' time, it prompted the V8 Supercars to start asking V8 Supercars Australia and some of the V8 teams what is being put in place. You've already heard from Cole Hitchcock on V8 Supercars response. Kelly Racing has taken some measures of their own to ensure that they are safe from any potential quarantining. Kelly Racing has had all their personnel given the flu vaccine in May They are constantly putting reminders up and reminding their staff on personal hygiene and noticeably washing their hands regularly. They also have given strict instructions that people showing flu-like symptoms must stay at home and away from the rest of the team. Hopefully there is no effect on the upcoming rounds from a H1N1 virus breaking out amongst the V8 supercar community. Greg Lowndes talked about what Triple Eight Racing are doing to make sure he doesn't get in contact with too many of these Victorians. <laughs> well, I, I can't say I blame uh, you know, the Victorians for all this, but uh, you know, really it, it, there's a lot more cases in Victoria than anywhere else in Australia. So it's something that we are aware of and, and uh, you know, we, we are doing our best to take you know, you know, the, the right measures to really, uh, you know, make sure that we don't don't contract it, and uh, you know, really for us, it's a um, uh, it, it is important, obviously, not to get it in the first place, but it's uh, it is a problem that everyone has to face. Seven times world surfing champion Lane Beachley and three times world superbike champion Troy Bayless were all part of Team Vodafone's test today, getting a chance to drive the front-running V8 supercars at the Queensland Raceway. Today's actually a driver evaluation day, which. Uh, for us, it's a uh, you know it's a chance to uh, to give other people a drive in the race car, and uh, although that uh, I was only allowed to do 10 laps today, which was uh, still nice to be able to do that, but uh, yeah, having Troy Bayless and Lane Beachley uh, come along come along and uh, 
and uh, basically uh, scare us. Um, both uh, both Troy this morning uh, took him for a run. He took me for a run, and then we gave him an opportunity most of the day to uh, to really perfect his craft. And uh, and Lane Beachley turned up sort of later in the day, and uh, and uh, I, I suppose that uh, she did a uh, an amazing job for someone that's uh, obviously not used to driving a car or motor a vehicle of, of some such. But uh, you know, really, uh, both of them. Troy was uh, was probably outstanding in the end. He, uh, he he basically duplicated my lap times uh, right at the end of the day. Well, that's not good. Your contract's up for renewal. He might be cheaper. <laughs> possible. I suppose it's, uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know he he was uh, uh, you know really good. He uh, obviously applied himself. He understands obviously the uh, lines and apexes and everything else coming from the motorbike side of it. And uh, uh, I think the biggest thing he had to get to understand was uh, you know he's dealing with four wheels, not two wheels, and uh, and basically just uh, using uh, the brake pedal and everything else that he's got got. Uh, uh, basically underneath him. And finally, Dick Johnson has been confirmed as a Queensland icon when he was named as part of Queensland's 150 most influential characters. Dick was linked with greats like Susie O'Neill and other luminaries in Queensland, such as the Bee Gees and the Great Barrier Reef. The announcement was made by Queensland Premier Anna Bly today in a special presentation. If you want to find out who the rest of the 150 Queensland icons are, you can go to the website www.q150.qld.gov.au. And that's the news on a huge V8 Insiders. Up next, Peter Norton and Tony Shebecki. Well, we did this round table on Tuesday night, which seems like a lifetime ago when you consider everything else that has happened in the sport. This week's white flag lap, Kevin Fitzsimmons will be along to talk about the Dunlop Sprint Tyres. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen from the Stone Brothers Racing SP Tools. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from SEN's On The Grid, it's Tony Shebecki. Good evening, Tony. Good evening to you, Craig. And from Inside Motorsport, it is a man who's decided that too much triathlon mountain biking is not enough over the Queen's birthday, and it's a very sore and sorry Peter Norton. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Tony. I've only fallen off once, so I'm actually doing all right. You're a very sick man, Peter. Very (laughs) sick man. That's once too many, isn't it? Guys... Interesting. One man who's fallen off the bike, that bike being the technical directorship of V8 Supercars, is Campbell Little. To you first, Tony, it has been uh, amazing, the aggressiveness of some people inside the V8 Supercar world that just uh, do not like an advantage perceived or not going towards one team and uh, does this what's happened to Campbell Little having to step down or deciding that stepping down was better than continuing on do you think this means that we cannot now go for people who are already in the sport because they're going to be vilified for any decision they make when it's 
not liked by other teams? Well, that would be a, an extreme shame if that was the case, wouldn't it, uh, boys? Because obviously people always like to better themselves and there's no better way than sort of uh, bettering yourselves and actually being a part of the, the organisation, uh, whether that be in football, whether that be in cricket or whether that be in V8 supercars. And, yeah, it's an interesting decision, this one. Obviously, uh, the Triple Eight situation that uh, teams have been crying about over the last uh, few weeks and the, the fact that they've been, well, you know, proven that everything's OK there and then. It's, uh, I, I found this one really hard to take when I saw the email come through from V8 Supercars uh, on the weekend and a very surprising decision and hopefully, Craig, that they do not go down that path of stopping people who are already in the sport because obviously they know the sport better than anyone. To catch a thief, they say you need to be a thief, Peter. Yes, well, I think that's uh, really the heart of the matter here. Uh, some of the teams that, uh, I guess, let's politely call it the innovative teams, um, they know what they're getting up to themselves and they wouldn't want a, uh, an inspector out there to, that has a similar experience and a similar insight into the things that uh, people can and, and do get up to. But uh, it really is a, a bit of a dilemma. Um, perhaps it, this could have been handled better if the arrangement was something that, like, you grab someone who's had a period of gardening leave, uh, so to speak, where they've left a team and they've stayed away from the teams for a period of, say, 12 months or something, so that their, their knowledge of the tricks um, is that little bit older and the conflict of interest that is less likely to pop up. Uh, non-disclosure agreements and those sorts of things with your old team uh, hopefully will have expired, and then you're a, a proper free agent and a uh, job without any fear or favour uh, and with, without any perception of that. I'm sure Campbell Little uh, uh, did undertake his job without fear or favour, but the, the heart of the matter here, I think, is perception, and perception that Triple Eight, uh, his previous employers, uh, would get a, a period of grace where, the, uh, where, where the, the inspector just turns a blind eye to the things that they're up to. And uh, I've got a little bit more respect for Campbell's uh, professionalism than that, uh, but yeah. uh, the perception is out there that uh, you know, perhaps that he might not be uh, so objective. I think be just, I was going to say, gentlemen, that would just be like a cricketer, though. Take, for example, Paul Rifle, who recently retired as an Australian international cricketer and went straight into the umpiring ranks. I mean, surely the human being is able to uh, disassociate themselves from any sort of alliance, depending on uh, their current situation at the time. And, gee, if, if that is the perception that people have of Campbell Little, I think uh, everyone's being just a, a fair bit pecky about it. I think it's uh, I think it's disappointing to see that they can't separate Campbell Little Triple Eight from Campbell Little um, Stone Brothers from Campbell Little Technical Inspector or Technical Director I should say of V8 Supercars and what is uh, the other critical thing is that he did the right thing in my mind he abstained from that decision and mm. allowed his colleagues to run that investigation and to run the whole process, which, in the situation where you haven't had the gardening leave like Peter was talking about, it is the appropriate thing to do. Now, once again, it comes back to, it looks like that these guys are not going to be prepared to have anyone from inside the ranks telling them what to do. And it, it, it then means that you have to go so far and wide that what are we going to do? We're we going to get the Formula Ford technical director and pop him straight up to V8 supercars. Not that he's not a great engineer in his own right, but it's, it seems like 
a backward step. You'd think you'd want to get the latest technical knowledge to help move the, uh, se- move the series forward. I think what the sport will end up with is uh, one of two things, and that is uh, technical directors who uh, don't have experience at that same level or in the same sort of context, or the V8 Supercars Australia will have to go shopping overseas and get someone with uh, you know, experience with sedan-based racing uh, somewhere overseas of a similar level of professionalism and innovation. And that's just going to make it more expensive to try to attract someone uh, uh, back to Australia uh, to fulfil that role. Mm. It still doesn't stack up, though, because, uh, I mean, for, for so many years now, the teams have been crowing about the fact that we are such a technical sport and we are, you know, a, a, we are different to anything else around the world. And, I mean, you would think, as you said earlier, Craig and Peter, it would make sense that someone who knows the ins and outs of the car should be the person held uh, in esteem as a technical director. i put another analogy out to you. It's uh, very similar to when I left my first wife. She's still the mother of my ch- two children, but I'm not going to sleep with her. I uh, don't know if I can recover from that. We have got ourselves into a position where, gee, if the best man for the job isn't the best man, who the heck are we going to use? Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's cast our mind back to when uh, Jeff Gretsch uh, left HRT and he had the appropriate gardening leave. Um, he knew an awful lot about the inside running of HRT, and we simply didn't see him around the sport for uh, it was probably more than a year. Uh, but now, of course, he's uh, back in and involved, uh, and yeah, quite actively uh, imparting his uh, great experience uh, back in the sport. Uh, again, I guess it becomes very expensive for V8 supercars to say, uh, OK, Mr X, we'd like you to become our technical inspector. Please resign from your current role. We're going to pay you for 12, 18 months, um, but we won't see you at a track. Um, you, you will start on duty you know, 18 months from now uh, when you're, you've had appropriate distance from that previous team. Uh, again, there's no easy solution to this one, is there? Could you imagine the conspiracy theorists, Tony, that would... And whilst I don't disagree with the idea, Peter, but can can you imagine the conspiracy theorists, Tony, that if Campbell had had that 12 months gardening leave and Triple Eight being so dominant as they were, it'd be like, ah, well, you know, they've got this fella on the payroll and he's just not doing anything until Triple Eight win another championship. Yeah, I think it's probably even more of a... uh more of a conspiracy theory than what it may be at the moment, actually, because you're right. Uh, and someone who does have time out from a team doesn't necessarily lose their allegiance straight away. I'm sure that there's still probably phone calls made at different points in time. Look, we just got this issue. You were over it 12 months ago. Can you sort of bring us up? That wouldn't happen when that person is put into that technical director's role, I'm sure. I'm sure Campbell Little has not received a phone call from uh, Team Vodafone saying, can you do this, can you do that, can you look at this for us? So... Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, it, it, we, we find ourselves in this situation. I think Jeff Gregg was a, a beautiful uh, point there, Peter, and it would be the same as what we've seen with drivers moving from teams as well. Surely drivers have a, a fair knowledge of the technical setups of uh, their specific team that they're in one year, and when they move to another team, what are we, we, are we deluding ourselves by thinking that they don't partake in some sort of discussion with their new team about what may have happened in the past for them, I'm sure it happens. Hey, I, I, just as we go to the break here, I want to know, because we've been talking about gardening leave and at the moment we've had a whole series in sport about uh, swine flu isolations, is there anyone going to be allowed into the Northern Territory from a Victorian racing team? So, 
I don't know. It just seems that sport and the pig flu is just uh, absolutely uh, going mental. And, uh, Tony, you're right down there in the heart of this with the AFL and particularly with the rugby league down there, all isolating players. Is this a concern two weeks out from um, from the V8 Supercar round up in Northern Territory, a, a, a team starting to isolate their personnel? Yeah, I'm sure that's something that the, uh, the health officials will need to answer for you, Craig, but I can tell you that uh, it, as early as today we've had uh, some major things happen down here in Melbourne. We had a, uh, a swimming Grand Prix meet, an international meet, which was scheduled to be held at the Melbourne Sports and Aquatic Centre. That has now been cancelled. That was meant to happen on June the 21st, and uh, that was cancelled by swimming, uh, swimming Australia due to the fact that they were concerned about the fact that, uh, you know, that someone may contract swine flu. We've seen NRL players pulled out of teams due to the fact that they uh, you know, had, had been in contact with people in the Queensland state of origin. So you would think that the way it's spreading, and I mean it's spreading at the rate of around about 100 people a day, that there would have to be some serious concerns. And if the Northern Territory believes that they are you know, a, a, a sort of a quarantine or a, a swine flu-free area at the moment, then there may be concerns about Victorians actually going there. Mm. I, I can see that Roland Dane is going to be on the uh, phone to... Uh, the powers that be first thing in the morning saying all those Victorian teams quarantine them don't let them come to Darwin <laughs> I hope I haven't put ideas in Roland's mind <laughs> we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders and be back with plenty more right after this the views expressed on V8 Insiders including the panellists and guests do not reflect those of the network Thunder Media sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Tony Delberto from Rod Nash Racing. You're listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Craig Ravel joined by Tony Shebecki from SEN and Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport and... Well, it's been interesting. We were wondering who would be the next team to fall, and it looks like there's a team that's fallen on their sword. Intra-racing, no more. The Sharon Group is now holders of the licence, formerly known as Intra-racing. And, uh, Tony, it, it, it's certainly taken a little while for all the ramifications of the financial crisis to hit, but uh, this is a start-up that has uh, really fallen at the first hurdle and they've done their best to try and soldier on but uh, what's this, uh, five races or five events into the series they've said no, it's not worth pursuing, let someone else t- take the risk. Yeah, look, it, it's getting increasingly harder isn't it for uh, small privateer teams I suppose to actually keep going. We, at this point I think we must give congratulations to someone like Paul Crookshank Racing who runs on such a small budget compared to Triple Eight, HRT, FPR and the like, and uh, for their ability to actually get a car that's doing extremely well, Fabian Coulthard, of course, on the podium uh, down in Tesla. It's going to get harder and harder as the money gets thinner and thinner out there with uh, corporations wanting to sponsor sport and uh, 
maybe we might see more of these sort of super teams, the uh, the Cali Racing-like teams, the Wilkinshaw Racing-like teams, you know, four, five, possibly even six-car teams in the future. It might be the only way for the sport to go. Peter? Yes, I think it's absolutely fabulous that uh, Sharon is getting behind the, the sport. It's not that long ago they, uh, I guess you'd say, retired hurt from involvement in some other categories. Um, and it's fabulous that they've sort of dusted themselves off and uh, are going to step up to the, the, the main game here. Uh, I guess they've learnt some lessons from their involvement in other things and they're going to do this uh, quite seriously. Um, I was expecting that Marcus Marshall uh, and his family's business interests would have been the ones to purchase up that licence. Um, so I think it's great that uh, someone other than Marcus Marshall himself has the passion for the sport to jump in at the deep end. Mm. Tony, it sounds like it's pretty windy out there at football training for you. I'm actually just hopping into the car now, Craig, just to get out of it because it was breaking up. Just uh, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but Sharon's major involvement was with the Carrera Cup, correct? That's right. And it, uh, yeah. When they withdrew, it basically saw the whole series collapse. With, yeah, exactly. Which, um, and, and you think about it, if Walkinshaw pulled out, if uh, Kelly Racing pulled out, that's four cars. You know, both those teams would take out of the championship. Whilst not uh, collapsing the series, it would put a major dent into the. Uh, it would put a major dent into the prestige, wouldn't it? Yes, I think. It yeah, would have, I, mean... I think it would have quite an impact on uh, crowd numbers and TV viewers and that kind of thing, because large teams have the uh, the fan following for their drivers as well. Uh, so. While it wouldn't be catastrophic, it would be a nasty shock if uh, one of those big guys fell. So let's uh, hope and pray that doesn't happen. Tony? No, exactly. And I think the great thing for the sport is what we've seen, gentlemen, over the last few years, is to see more of a move away from that Holden and Ford supporter domination to a more team and driver supporter-based uh, emphasis, which is great because it means that these guys are getting to become more of a, uh, an entity themselves then more so for the fact that they're just driving a Holden or a Ford. So, yeah, you're right. We'd probably hate to see so many cars in, in one team, but as long as they've still got personalities for drivers, I think the sport might not be hurt too much. A lot of drivers are renewing their contracts at the moment. How big a pay cut do you reckon they're taking? It, uh, it's not the time to be negotiating new contracts, is it, Tony? No, well, James Courtney probably uh, got in at the right time, then, if that's the case. Peter, what about you? What do you think about the, the climate if you're a driver? I think it's going to be a, a crying shame that uh, Jamie Wincup, reigning champion, uh, he's currently trying to negotiate he's going to do in the future, and he won't get the just rewards for a job well done. Uh, I think uh, if he gets a, a small increase over the previous year, um, he should be pretty happy with that uh, because there's just not the money around in the economy to pay the huge premium uh, earnings uh, that he might uh, like to think that he's worth. It's fascinating. And this, is, this, is where, this is where our drivers though, probably need to get a bit more cleverer, gentlemen, if I can just take a, a second in regards to probably employing managers. I don't know all, all our drivers have managers, but they need people out there looking out for extracurriculum deals. I don't think our drivers can now just base their total salary based on the fact of what they're getting out of a team. I think they need to be looking for extra money out of, in Triple H's case, with Norton's 360 and the virus protection software and that sort of stuff. And if they can earn themselves an extra six, seven, eight hundred thousand, a million dollars, maybe from being a good driver and also promoting other products, I think that's where our drivers need to start expanding their uh, their earning capacity. Mm. 
Well, we've already seen, of course, Mark Winterbottom go with uh, a good friend of ours, Paul Marinelli, and uh, it's fascinating when you see Craig Lowndes at Triple Eight negotiating his contract right now. Nothing being said in the media. We're not really talking about it. Jamie Wincup, though, has got, uh, well, three, four, five articles written about his threats to leave V8 supercars. So very different tacks, one from the most recognised name in the sport and the other one from the current champion. Gas and go time, guys, and it is... Well, three questions, five minutes. First to you, Tony Shebeki. Will V8 supercars try to take over the running of more rounds? It's probably something that may be inevitable uh, in time. Craig, I would have thought, as uh, even though the crowd numbers have been fantastic so far for this year, I just think, once again, the economy is probably something that we're going to have to keep an eye on for the next year or two. Australia, as it's uh, on its own, the government's telling us that we're pretty much uh, not in that recession yet. But if that does hit and it starts to bite, for uh, V8 Supercars to have such a lengthy calendar, it may be something they may need to consider. Peter? I think they'd be absolutely mad at the moment if they wanted to take on more rounds. They've got a huge risk exposure with the Homebush race. They have to make sure that one is successful. Uh, just the magnitude of that event, and uh, if that doesn't work, the uh, V8 Supercars Australia is going to have some serious losses on their hands. Uh, other races that they've picked up have either been the icon events that uh, they do very well uh, and you know, the, the things that you'd, you'd expect to make money out of. Homebush, I think it's going to be a, a tough one for them. And I think in terms of their business model, they have to get the right mix. Um, they need plenty of events where they just get paid to turn up and then there's events where they're holding the, the risk of being the promoter as well. I think if they get that mix right, they'll do well. Uh, but if they take on more at the moment, they're nuts. Five questions, three minutes. Question two, when will Ford Performance Racing get its third licence, Peter? I think uh, when uh, something pops up and there isn't other keen people out there. They're either sitting back waiting for a bargain or sitting back trying to uh, accumulate a few pennies ready to buy one. Uh, I think uh, that's probably six, nine months away. That mail you get there, Tony? I was going to say, stay tuned. I think we might hear something in the next few months on that one. All right. Have Kelly Racing bitten off more than they can chew going for a super team model, Tony? No, good luck to them. Hopefully it works out for Kelly Racing. They've uh, taken the initiative, the bull by the horns, for want of a better term. And uh, let's just hope it does work out for them. At the moment, it's a slow, steady progress. But uh, they've got some good, uh, they've got some good uh, technical support there. They've got a great crew. They've got some fantastic drivers and uh, hopefully things will turn around for them in the uh, short term. Peter? I think they have bitten off more than they can chew, but they're chewing like mad, and uh, I think you just have to look at their history. They'll, they'll chew like mad, and they'll get on top of it, and they'll make a success. It's going to take a while. Is the single car team model dead, Peter? Yes. Tony? Uh, yes, yep. Who would you like to see in the Enduros as a wild card, Tony Shebeki? I'm going to go for one real wild, right out of left field. I want to see Will Power brought back and uh, two Australians are driving the Enduros. He's doing nothing over in America at the moment in the IndyCars. Helio uh, Castroneves, of course, has his seat back at the Penske team. And I'd love to see Will Power come and drive the V8 supercars at Phillip Island and uh, Bathurst. Peter? I'd go for Mork. Uh, was it Richard Mork from ages ago? Planet Mork. And uh, I think there's a, a risk that that might be the kind of calibre driver that we could get here. All of the good quality uh, uh, Fujitsu drivers are already signed up, and then you have to work your way through the field to find people that can afford to take the step up for those big events.
All right, it's uh, gas and go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Tony, it's been a pleasure to have you back on the show. On the grid, you can catch up with, if you're not in Melbourne, online each and every week. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. See you, Peter. And Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport, also looking forward to catching up with you soon. Yes, always good fun. Thanks, Craig. The white flag lamp is up next on the V8 Insiders. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from the Valvoline Cummins team. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. This week's White Flag Lap, we talked to Kevin Fitzsimmons about the Dunlop Sprint tyres and how you can use them in different combinations to get them through the whole race or twice in the same weekend. The V8 supercar tyres are directional, Kevin, and so how do you go about making the switches that we've seen so far successfully in the Sprint tyres introduction? Oh, yes, it's just the, the nature of the case itself, just the way the, the tread sticks and the case walks around. We've seen that the deflection on the undercam, uh, undercar cameras from Bathurst and uh, the one on the back door last year on James Courtney's car where you see the deflection of the sidewall of the tyre. Um, but certainly, normally, what a lot of people would do would just be the corner to corner because we actually run the front tyres on the car in the reverse direction anyway. And the reason that's done is because when the, the tread of the tyre is joined onto the carcass, it has a splice in it that's 45 degree angle and you just run against the loaded edge of the splice uh, under load, which on the front is uh, under braking. Um, so you can actually swap the like, right front tyre to the left rear and the left front to the right rear and everything without having to swap them on the rings. Because the wear rate was a bit higher on the other tyre, they chose to turn the tyres on the ring and then uh, run them sort of on the same corner of the car. That just... Um, you just put the meat back to the inside, but traditionally the tyres do wear on the inside edge more, more so than the outside, so if you put them on the rim, uh, just give it an extra half a millimetre of rubber. So who will come up with the next new tyre trick to grab some extra points? My thanks to Cole Hitchcock, also to Peter Norton and Tony Shebecki. As the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.